Greetings, everyone, and welcome back to the Preacher's Corner. I'm Pastor Jay, and today we're going to be diving into Proverbs chapter number four. We're going to be getting into the necessity of wise instruction. And so it'd be important for us to really grasp a hold of this today. Let's go to the Lord and ask for His blessing for our wisdom in His Word. Father, we are thankful. We ask that blessing be upon us today, that we may be able to feast upon the riches of Your Word and receive the nuggets of wisdom that You have prepared for us. We'll thank You and praise You for the way that You work in us, with us, and through us during these times. In Jesus' name and for His sake. Amen. All right, guys, here we are in Proverbs chapter number four. Hallelujah, we've made it. And in the very first verse, there's a few words I want you to pick out here. The first word is here. The second word is no. And the third word is attention. So as we read this verse, let's consider these things. Hear, my children, the instruction of a father and give attention to no understanding. The very first word that we looked at is the word here. And it's necessary to understand the ways in which we, we hear things today. Majority of the time, the, the first way in which we hear things is with our eyes. As, as we begin to perceive something for the way that we see it, even though it's, it's written on a page. And so that our eyes may hear and that our ears may see the the instruction that is being received today that we could give attention now this is another word that we're looking at this concept of attention and the united states today has a really difficult time with this point because it used to be that we were a reading society now we are a watching society and it's changed the way that we receive and perceive information in that we used to be a reading society is because everything that we had received from our olden days had come to us through the means of a book we didn't have all of the the social media we didn't have all of the television programs and all of the fancy cable and satellite dishes and all of that stuff in, in decades, if not centuries, gone back. And so the, the means by which we received any sort of information would be coming from a book, which is why often I'll be saying that everything that you've ever learned came from a book. Now, a lot of people in our modern society would disagree with that because they watched YouTube for whatever it is that they needed to know, or they watched uh, something off of Facebook, or they watched a television program, or they watched even the preaching online. They did, they did everything from the television nowadays, which is why I was saying that we are a society that has changed from being a people that, that received from the written word to becoming a people that receive from, from video and from the, the, the presentation of that sort. But there's a difference. When we receive information from the written word, our minds are engaged and we are, we are literally perceiving and receiving true and solid information. Those things which we receive from a television or those things which we receive from YouTube and these social media outlets, these things often are, are received upon dull senses because the sensory inputs of our eyes and ears by the, the constant flashing on the television or the little ticker lines and all of the little itty-bitty things 
that you'll find even in a news program that would distract us from being able to receive the fullness of the information. Our, our minds are so eclectic nowadays, we don't even have the ability to sit down and, and watch a full program. As you consider television of, of the, the 40s and of the 50s and, and moving into the 60s where programs would be an hour long and where there might be two or three, maybe maybe four commercials during that period of time, whereas in our modern segments, you, you have a half hour at the best for a program, but really you're only getting 15 minutes of that program because you've got six or eight commercials tucked into that half hour segment. So we realized that our attention spans have have dropped dramatically. And, and in truth, we might not have that much of an attention span at all in our modern day to be able to sit down and actually read a book. As we know of the old old day authors where books would be written with, with several hundred, if not thousand pages, uh, books like War and Peace, where you, you have all just huge novels and people used to to rejoice in the time of of dedicating to be able to to read that and their hearts would be filled with the imagery of it and they could they could enjoy that book even more so than they could watching the film nowadays our books come with 100 pages maximum because we don't have the attention or the or the desire to spend that much time reading a book when guess what else we could do watch the movie. So we we are a society that that is struggling through the the concept of proverbs when he would call us to attention to the understanding, attention to the instruction that would be given. Of course, uh, this is video based that you are watching right now, and so the comedy of this is is that that you could be reading this for yourself and really receiving of this reality. But we're producing this on video because there may be a segment of people who would never take the time to read their Bible that that need to know God's Word, and the only way that they're going to get it is hanging out with us here at the corner. And that, that's a sad testimony to our nation and to the lack of attention spans that we have as a people. He says, Hear, my children. The instruction of a father. And so we see that the means by which we receive instruction is by the hearing. Now, what does the scripture tell us about that in Romans chapter number 10, beginning in, in verse number 17? It says, Then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, so that we understand that that our salvation came to us from the word of God. Our our faith is built upon the, the understanding of the things written in the word of God, that we may know God, that we may understand God's will for our lives. All of these things are found not by the way we feel about God and not in the sensations or the emotional manipulations of much of our modern day church services, but our understanding of God and what his desire for us to do, his will made known, it's all from the written word of God. We have to be a people who study God's word. He says, hear my children, the instruction of a father and give attention to no understanding. Well, unless we're willing to hear the instruction and give attention to the understanding, we're never going to know him. He says in verse number two, he says, for I give you good doctrine. 
do not forsake my law. He says, I give you good doctrine. Now, you need to hear what I have to say because the instruction that I'm giving you is coming from the good doctrine of God's word. And it's necessary for us to be attentive to the things that are being spoken from God's word so that we can come to an understanding of what our Father wants us to do and how our Father wants us to be. It's good doctrine. Now, this word doctrine it is, is a system or a set of teachings that reveal a purpose or plan. And so, the, the good doctrine that is being imparted unto the, the children of Solomon is that of God's Word. And so he's not saying take the the word, take my word for it. He's saying follow God's word. For I give you good doctrine, therefore do not forsake my law. That word forsake is to turn your back on. So we find that the challenge we have as, as people today is that God's word has come to us and we have turned our back on it. We've rebelled against the Lord God. And this is the natural state of man, but unfortunately, this is the state of man that he has returned to after that Jesus has saved him. Oftentimes, we find ourselves fighting against the things that God has commanded us because we don't want to do them. Rather, they, it means we have to change the way we're living or it has to change the, the places that we're going to or it has to change the, the, the times that we do the things we want to do so that we make room for God's house and God's, God's people. We, we often find ourselves in positions of rebellion against God. And so we, we come to this place where we, we're often fighting against the law of God. We're forsaking or turning our back on the things of God. He says, When I was my father's son, tender, and the only one in the sight of my mother, uh, there's a reason for that. Of course, now when he was talking about being his father's son, his father is King David. This is that Solomon. His mother was Bathsheba. Now, if you recall the situation of Bathsheba with David, is that she was the wife of Uriah, one of David's generals. And as David was supposed to be out on the field fighting alongside of his men, he wasn't. He was back at home, standing on the rooftop of his palace, observing this woman, Bathsheba, who was washing herself on the rooftop. And so that David was, was enticed by her, her body and by her beauty, he had called her over to the palace, and the next thing you know, she is pregnant with child. David tries to cover up this pregnancy by bringing Uriah back from the field to give a report, in which case we understand that, that uh, Uriah does not go home to, to be with his wife that, that night because he has prepared himself for war, so he sleeps on the porch of, of David's palace, and then the next day heads off to war, doesn't go home. So David doesn't have a way to be able to cover up his transgression except to have the army pull back from Uriah while he's engaged in a fight so that he would be the only one. And of course, what happens is Uriah dies. Now, 
God is is in his wrath, being angered by the activities of David, takes the life of the first child that would be born unto Bathsheba, which was this child of transgression. And so that God would receive that child unto himself, and, and David would suffer the loss of, of that child's life on earth, and, and Bathsheba would struggle the same that we discover the next child to be born would be Solomon. And so indeed, he is the only one in the sight of his mother because he's the child that has survived. And of course, King David being his father in connection. But what does David teach Solomon? Well, we find in verse number four, a little bit of the connection of David's teachings. He said, he also taught me and said to me, let your heart retain my words, keep my commandments and live. Well, this is exactly what Solomon said at the very beginning. Hear, my children, the instruction of a father, and give attention to no understanding, for, for I give you good doctrine. That's exactly what David said. Let your heart retain my words. In verse number four, keep my commandments and live. Now, what is the call that David would bring Solomon to, but in verse number five, get wisdom. Get wisdom. Well, where are you going to get wisdom from? Get understanding. Well, where is the understanding and the wisdom going to come from? But the words of David or the words of Solomon, the commands that have been given, right? Verse number four, let your heart retain my words. As Solomon would say, do not forsake my law. As they would say in verse number one, give attention to to know understanding and to hear the instruction of the Father. And so when you get to verse number five, you understand when they call out get wisdom, it's referring to the instruction of the Father. It's referring to the understanding of the wisdom that is being provided through the, the good doctrine and not forsaking or turning your back on those things, but living them out in your life daily. Get wisdom. Get understanding. You can't have, well, let me take that back. I'm wrong there. You can have one without the other. You can have a great deal of wisdom and yet not understand anything that you have received. I remember talking to a young man just recently explaining to me what his his degree set was as we were riding together in a side-by-side, -side, and, and, and I asked this young man, so where did you go to college? And he was telling me about his college experience, and I asked about his degree. And then as I understood his degree just a little bit, I, I said, well, you'd be great for this. You could probably tell me what this, this particular stalk of weed is. You could probably tell me about the grasses that are in this field and, and, and what, what they're all about because it's an agronomy science that this young man is in. Well, the reality is, is that he has this degree because he did well at taking the test, but he confessed to me that he really didn't pay attention to anything that, that was in the classrooms. I mean, he went through this four-year program, got this piece of paper that says bachelor's degree, but it's because he was doing well at taking the test. It isn't because he actually applied his heart to understand the, the wisdom that he had received. And so the point being, we can receive a great deal of wisdom, but without the understanding that wisdom is going to do us any good at all, which is why that uh, Solomon would tell his, his 
progeny, his sons here, get wisdom. And then he would speak right after that and say, get understanding. Because a person who, who has very little wisdom, but in the wisdom they have, they understand the, their wisdom. Guys, they're smarter than the person who, who carries doctorate degrees but doesn't know how to apply them. Who, who carries a, a great vast amount of wisdom but has no understanding of the things that they have, they have learned. This is why often you'll find the challenge of, of folks going to college for specific degrees and then when they achieve those degrees that they come out into the world into the the world market and they're trying to find their way into a a career that is based on the college studies that they applied but they find it really hard to get hired because there are people who are getting hired above them because of the amount of time that they have actually applied what wisdom they had received in in showing the understanding by doing the actual work and so that if you've only been to college but you haven't applied your 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 hands to the work of whatever it is that you're going to be a a, a less considered candidate to the person who has the experience and so that wisdom and experience must be something that come together in order to make the person complete in the eyes of the, the, the bosses that they want to hire you. So this, this idea of experience comes from the understanding which is revealed in the, in the application of that wisdom to the job. So this is exactly what Solomon is crying out for in verse number 5, is to get wisdom and get understanding. He said, do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Now, this, is, this again is a challenge to our visually based society today in that when, when in decades past, we were a people who were able to retain information by reading. We were a people whose minds were, were, were much healthier, were much stronger because in order to find even entertainment, it came from a book. We had to be a people who, who studied, who read. And in the reading, our minds were active and they were able to retain great amounts of information. But in our modern society today, we are people who are so visually based, who are so, so eclectic in our minds, our hearts not being still, our hearts not being settled to be able to receive information because of the multitudes of information that are just assaulting us, that just dumped on us in any given day by all of the sensory inputs of video and, and, and audio, just like what's happening to you right now and the barrage of words that are coming at you on this guy talking to you on the screen. But hopefully you've got the Word of God open and hopefully you're reading through this as we're discussing it. You're receiving it. You're retaining it because that's exactly what he's told us to do. He said, do not forget. In other words, don't let this go as soon as you're done with it. Don't, don't walk out of church saying, great message, pastor, and then not apply those things that have been taught into your life receive that instruction receive that word do not forget it hold on to those things be attentive to what is happening inside the the services look back at verse number one that that you hear what is being given unto you by the lord in in that instruction and that you give attention 
to grasping the understanding of that good doctrine that would be preached so that you do not forget in verse number five. You do not forget, nor do you turn away from the words of my mouth. Now, there are so many people who have come to the faith, so to speak, but then have turned away from the faith simply because they they didn't retain or receive the instruction of of the the church, the instruction of the the Father in heaven, and or of the pastor that's proclaiming the gospel, or the the Sunday school teacher, or the mentor of of what sort it was. And so we understand that you've, you've turned away from the words of, of his mouth. Now, if you turn away from the words of his mouth and you do not receive that understanding, then what's the end result for you? In that you have forsaken that wisdom, in that you have forsaken that understanding, is revealed in verse number 6 when he says, do not forsake her. If you, if you forsake wisdom, the wisdom of God, and you forsake or 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 turn back from and and do not care about understanding God's word, you're ultimately going to end up dying. And the reason is not because God's going to strike you with a lightning bolt because you didn't study the Bible today, but because you will go further away from God's presence and further into the world and the ways of the world, and ultimately that will bring a destruction upon your own self. And so that we see that the scripture in verse number six would tell us not to forsake her. And, and if we will be faithful to the wisdom of God and not forgetful, but attentive and not forsaking wisdom, that it will preserve us. Now, this is the comedy of, of Christianity in, in our modern setting where people would make the claim, well, I don't study the Old Testament because I'm not under the works of the law. I'm under grace in the new covenant in Christ Jesus, so I only read the New Testament. And yet, we rejoice in those moments when we, we go through the Psalms, and we like the idea of studying the Proverbs. We enjoy listening to Jeremiah's prophecies or Isaiah's prophecies. We like the minor prophets. We like we like some people who are kooky like me, like understanding the history of the kings as written in the Kings and Chronicles and Samuel. We enjoy First and Second Samuel. But when it comes to Genesis or Exodus or Leviticus or Numbers or Deuteronomy, we, we look at the Torah or the books of the law. We say, nope, that doesn't apply to me. I'm, I am a child of grace in the New Testament, so I don't have to listen to the law of God. But what we fail to understand in this perspective is, is that the law of God is actually there for us to, to glean from. It's there for us to understand and, and to receive of the richness of its grace. And so that the law of God would make known the necessity of what we are supposed to be doing or what we aren't supposed to be doing, even as Christians under under the, the blood of Christ, even in that the law of God is given unto us as, as, as the set of instructions that helps us understand what pleases our Father and what displeases our Father, what things are good to do, what things are not good to do. When you consider not forsaking the wisdom of God as found in His law, we understand that even when we weren't children of God, there are things that we did that were of the written word and law of God. Things like 
uh, the sanitation practices that we have, where we wash our bodies on a regular basis, where we wash our hands before we eat, where we wash our dishes after we eat before we use them again for another meal, where we get rid of our garbage into a place that is away from our our society to keep rodents and all kinds of pests from from infiltrating and, and bringing disease where we where we bury our waste that we produce and and have the the waste management practices that we have in our society all of these things come from the torah all of these things come from god's law they're the practical laws that God has given. He's got sanitation laws. He's got dietary laws. He has all kinds of different laws that are written in the 613 principles that Moses would proclaim to the children of Israel. And in all of those things, we discover that, that God has provided so much for us in the way of wisdom to be able to be healthy, live a healthy life, have a healthy body and and a healthy society and and all of these different things we discover that that god cared as much about the the environment that we lived in as he did about the 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 nature of our heart because he knew that that our heart would be impacted by the environment that is around us and so that we live in a healthy and a clean environment our heart would be healthy uh, and and clean, so to speak, to be able to hear and receive of his instruction. Now, come to the modern society where our hearts are inundated and and or in some cases inebriated with all this this stuff, all this information. We're impacted, bombarded even by multitudes of useless information and video per perception perception that just so much of our modern society that sucks the life right out of us and we don't have any longer an ability to retain information like you said in verse number four let your heart retain my words we just don't have an ability to retain the information because our hearts are overladen with all these other sensory messages and inputs we don't have space for god's word anymore it's impossible for us to obtain great deal great deals of wisdom and to connect the understanding of that wisdom because we're so full up already with junk and it's like the human body that is optimal when it's fed the right fuel uh, from the foods that we choose to eat, we eat the right foods. Our body is at its maximum and at its healthiest peak. But if we just cram all kinds of sugars and we cram all kinds of, of, of bad fats and all kinds of just junk food into this thing, we're going to get sick, we're going to be unhealthy, we're going to be run down, we're not going to be able to function very good because we're putting the wrong stuff in. In our society today... Is, is a lot like that because the even the wisdom we choose to put into our heart, the understanding that we choose to get is not the wisdom and understanding of God's word, but that of the world. And we impact our own society by the junk food that we feast upon instead of the riches of God's revealed word. And so that brings us to this point that he makes. Do not forsake her, and she will preserve you. 
Now, if we would just turn back to the Word of God, if we would just trust the things of God again and, and study His Word, His Word will preserve us. His Word will give us strength. It will nourish our soul. It will, it will re- cause the, the rejoicing of the Holy Spirit to rise up within us as we connect with His Word daily. And the Holy Spirit rejoices when in the presence of the Son of God and written Word. And, and He says that, that she will preserve us. If we would love her, if we would love the Word of God, if we would love the wisdom that we receive from the Word of God and so much that we become passionate about the Word of God, we become passionate about the things of God. It says if we would love her, that she would guard us. That word keep right here. That word keep is, is to guard, is to protect, it's to observe and watch over. So if we would love God's Word, if we would if we would just not forsake God's Word, just have a passion for the Word of God, that, that it will guard us, it will protect us, it will keep us in the day of trouble. And so you come to one of my favorite, all-time favorite scriptures that I rejoice in, which is Proverbs chapter number 4 and verse number 7. And he tells us about the principal thing. Now, our lives are governed by a set of principles. Now, not all of us carry the same principles because we didn't all grow up in the same home. The principles that you you are governed by mostly are given to you by the environment and the, and the people that you grew up with. Now, it testifies to the position of our nation today that, that we are a people with immoral principles, really. We are a society that, that has been lost to its principle because we're, we're no longer, as a majority, a people that follow the Word of God, a people that are true to the faith. Even though still in this nation it is revealed that, that Christianity has a foothold as per the term Christianity, meaning people that go to church. But the reality is, is that a majority of the people that attend church today are, are people who, who believe in, a, in, in such a degree of separation between their life in that church setting and their life in the rest of their world setting from, from Monday to Saturday that they are actually not Christian at all. It's just a loose term, a definition of a person that goes to church now is what a Christian means instead of... A, a disciple of Jesus, which is what the word Christian originally meant as when it was revealed in Scripture in Acts, I believe, chapter number 11, where they were first called Christians at Antioch, it was not a pleasant term. And it wasn't a term that was given to somebody simply because they went to a church. It was a derogatory term that was used by the Romans to point out those people who were weird, those people who were who were not acceptable to any society, for the Romans didn't care for those people that followed Jesus, nor did the Jews care for the people that followed Jesus. So they they carried a ridicule for their faith, and that was where they got the word Christian, because they were true disciples of Jesus' teaching. Well, in our modern society, if you go to church, you're a Christian. If you've, if you've even just made a, a, a profession of faith and you don't even go to church, still you can carry the moniker of being a Christian because you, you at one point of your life, made this uh, loose 
profession of faith in Christ. And so you've got this, this issue where we don't even understand the own terms that we write anymore as concerning Christians because the reality of the word Christian means that you are a person who has not forsaken God's wisdom. Let me let me show you a, a genuine Christian in any era of time, in it, the church, the days of the church era, the days of, of Israel in the Old Covenant era, the, the days even to come in the martyred saints, those 144,000 in the tribulation era, a true Christian is going to be one that hears the instruction that comes from God's word and gives attention to understanding the teachings of Jesus. They are going to trust in the good doctrine and not forsake the law of God. They are going to be a person who retains God's words in their heart and, and obeys or guards and observes God's commandments in their lives. They're going to constantly be being desiring God's wisdom from His Word, thereby studying the Word of God daily for the desire to understand the heart, will, and mind of God. They're not going to be a people that forget those things which they receive from God, and they're not going to be a people that turn away from the words of God and, and the mouth of Christ. They're not going to forsake the teaching. They're not going to forsake the Lord. And, and they're, they're going to have such a passion for the Word of God. This is a Christian. This is a true disciple. Does this define you? Or, or are you just kind of drifting through life carrying the moniker of Christian but not really engaging or actively being a part of anything to do with Christianity, with the reality of it, with the true definition as revealed from God's Word? So many people in our modern society carry the, the term Christian and it's, it's a lie. For they do not honor the Father by which they claim to be connected to. They do not obey the things that would be written in the Word of God. Their, their principle or principles are not governed by the Word of God, but by the world around them. But understand this, wisdom, and which, by the way, wisdom can only come from God's Word. Remember, we're going back to Proverbs chapter number 1. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It, you, it, it doesn't come from anywhere else. No one else in the world can bring you to the position of wisdom but God, who is the creator of your mind, who is the creator of your heart, your intellect. Only God can bring you to the position of wisdom, and therefore wisdom is the principal thing. It's the principal thing. Nothing else in your life matters save the wisdom that comes from God. Now, everything else in your life will have meaning when it's connected through the wisdom of God. But without God and His wisdom, nothing in your life matters because you won't rightly interpret or understand anything about that which you believe you have and know because 
your discernment will not be according to the Word of God, which is the truth. Your discernment will be coming from a position of, of falsehood to begin with. And so the Scripture says that wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. You know, if wisdom indeed is the principal point, then that's exactly what you need to be getting. But with all your getting, it says in verse number seven, get understanding. Now, wisdom and understanding should be inseparable. They really should be. But we have an issue here. We are a people who, who long for wisdom. It says even in the scriptures as Jesus was teaching, the Greeks seek after wisdom and the Jews look for signs. So we see that that. that we are insatiable for knowledge. We want wisdom. We want to be wise. And it, and the scriptures warn us not to be wise in our own eyes, back in Proverbs chapter number 3, and but that in all of our ways we are to commit to the Lord, trusting in Him and, to, and acknowledging Him so that He can direct our path. And so not being wise in our own eyes, but we are people who desire wisdom and wisdom is not bad unless you are full of wisdom that you don't understand. A, a, a load of wisdom without any understanding is useless information. It's just useless information because it is impossible to apply something into your life that you don't grasp, that you don't understand. And so we see that wisdom is the principal thing, but with all the wisdom that you achieve or that you receive, you've got to get the understanding of it. For without that understanding, you're just empty. And that would be a, a lot of why when you go to the book of Ecclesiastes and you look at all of the things that Solomon had written about, he said, I've done everything under the sun. I mean, literally, I've done as wicked as wicked could be. I've done as good as good can be. I've tried everything. And and I believe Solomon when he says this. I, I really think that Solomon literally has tried just about everything that would be humanly possible to be able to try. And he said, you know what I can't, you know what I discovered in Ecclesiastes? He said, vanity, a vanity, said the preacher. Everything is just vanity. And and that word vanity is recognized as a word that's meaning empty. It's worthless. He's saying that all this vast amount of wisdom that he he possesses is just worthless. Because outside of understanding those those principles that have been received in so much that you can apply them to your lives, it's 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 really useless. A person can, can can hold a doctorate degree in whatever degree set or whatever career field that they would want to have, but if they've never applied the information that they have learned from college into actually working those things out, then they, they'll never have the understanding of all of that wisdom that they've acquired. I think sometimes this is where you, you you would see the scriptures that Jesus would teach us to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. It's not saying that we have to work in order to be saved or, or do things in order to be saved. For salvation comes from the Lord and it is 100% work of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. And, and a gift that is extended to me by the Father through, through His grace. But understand 
that, that when we apply our salvation to our daily lives, that we recognize our salvation for what Jesus had done, and we begin to share that salvation with other people in the testimony that we share with them of the Word of God and of the, the power that He has to save them the same way that He saved us. When we work that out in our lives, then we we further gain wisdom and the understanding of what has happened, the understanding of who God is, the understanding of God's will and what His desire is. We, when we work out our own salvation, we understand. We gain understanding of the wisdom that has been applied to us. And so that we have plenty of people that are running around that do absolutely nothing with their faith. And by the way, it says in, in James, right, in chapter 2, that faith without works is dead being alone. So that we see that a multitude of people would be running around with, 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 with all of this wisdom concerning the salvation they believe that they possess, but they've done nothing with it. So they don't understand it. And so wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. But in all you're getting, get understanding. Father, we thank you and praise you for the blessing of this truth today. We ask that, that your word would guide our hearts, Lord, that the people would consider the word of God and not the words of this boy, but that they would have the word of God open before them and that the testimony that I have given to the scriptures would be revealed into their hearts as being true, as concerning its connection to the realities of what was written. We'll thank you and praise you for all that you do in us, with us, and through us the rest of this day that we may live it well in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys, well, God bless you, keep you, cause his face to shine upon you, and I shall see you tomorrow for Revelation chapter number 12 and an exciting trip through history uh, from beginning to end. Until then, take care, guys. <music>